the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. 602-508-0960. Love to hear from you today, this great uh, fine Monday. Hope you had a really wonderful holiday. Did a lot in the last uh, couple of hours, and I want to uh, talk to you about some more. We're also celebrating, of course, Winston Churchill's birthday. And uh, you want my obligation lesson here? I promised you an obligation lesson. If uh, if Bill uh, Bill would remind me, I um, I you know one of the problems of of thinking in terms politically philosophic is 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 you take every <laughs> you take in every incident or everything in any given day that you observe as a lesson and. Um, we have this. This is a story about obligations. The source of an obligation is the community itself. Okay, obligations arise from the community by living in the community by virtue of the requirements the community must impose upon its members. If the community is to achieve its ends of providing a means for the benefiting of individuals, right? The justification of an obligation is finally the individual's assent to the rightness of preserving a community. And the individual who benefits from others' obligations, communal obligations, is not free to act as if the conditions which enable him to benefit are conditions which he is free to neglect. That's the most important lesson. Where did I get these words? (laughs) Guess what I found? (laughs) I'm a dork. I found a 1970 philosophy dissertation by William Bennett at the University of Texas on obligations. Let me give you that last line. The individual who benefits is not free to act as if the conditions which enable him to benefit are conditions which he is free to neglect. So we have a parking garage at this building. And admittedly, there are smoother transitioning parking garages. There are parking garages, admittedly, that make more sense. So patience is always a good thing in a parking garage, a building's parking garage. So there's a car in front of me and I pull behind it to enter and it has one of those arms, you know, traffic arms that go up and down that let you in car by car. And you either have a pass because you work here or you pull a ticket and have it validated later if you are visiting. So the car in front of me stops at the arm. Fine. You want to see an arm reach out to push the button. It doesn't because you would otherwise see the arm lift based on a parking meter pass thing. I'm a chick. What you don't want to see in this very narrow situation on an incline, one lane, what is the one thing you don't want to see? Backup lights. Exactly right. White backup lights. That's what you don't want to see. So I saw them. And okay, people get confused. It happens. So I back up. Thankfully, there's no one behind me. And I maneuver into the next lane. There is a second lane to enter. By the time 
I'm at the second lane to enter and my arm goes up, this other person has figured it out and her arm, their traffic arm goes up at the same time. She has an obligation. We are ready to go in now at the same time. And you would think she sees me because I drive a fairly big truck. You would think she sees me. Whether she did or didn't, she failed every obligation for she then gunned it to make sure that I would not pass her up. I, I, you know, we're living in a society. Exactly. Exactly. I, I had no ill intent. I had no competitive intent. I just wanted to get away from a dangerous car, a car that's backing up and going forward at the same time and then gets in at the same time I do. You would think that person's obligation would be yield to me, but no, but no. And I know it was a liberal Democrat. I just know. You could tell by the car. You could tell by the the look. Um, just no. And probably hated the fact that I had a big truck. More so hated the fact that I was successful probably in getting my car there, that I had figured something out, that I had figured something out that she hadn't. I'll tell you, someone more aggressive than I, it would have been an accident. It would have, this person should have just yielded. It's like the bowling lane rules, right? Except with lesser stakes, much lesser, fewer stakes, fewer stakes. You, pardon? It's right. There are rules. So our lesson for today, to repeat from 1970, the individual who benefits is not free to act as if the conditions which enable him to benefit are conditions which he is free to neglect. Should we put that up on the wall or just in the parking garage? Obligations. I was thinking about those in the context of politics as well. John Bolton, who I didn't think we'd hear from so soon, but what's interesting is you do hear now more from your John Boltons and Bill Crystals than ever. You know why? Why do you hear more from John Bolton and Bill Crystal now more than ever? Why now more than ever? Why do you think? Looking for a job in a new presidential administration. Some of these people are just addicted to those Washington jobs. They just really are. Anyway, John Bolton has a piece in this is funny. Uh, John Bolton has a piece in, in, in um, the, the Dispatch, I think it is. Yeah, the Dispatch, one of the two Never Trump journals. And he says, longer term, we must now have a broad conversation about the direction of the conservative movement and the Republican Party. There must now be a broad conversation about the direction of the conservative movement and the Republican Party. So my friend Ben Boychuk tweeted, oh, we're going to have a conversation, all right, but you won't be in the room when it happens. Yes, people who have been firing at us from the back for four years do not get to shape the conversation. They can join it if they want, but the conversation's been going on for four or five years now. And it's not you who brought us losing candidate after losing candidate who gets to now shape the conversation the way you want it. There are few people in politics that are more upsetting to me than the disloyal, the disloyal people who know better. 
If John Bolton knew he was going to leave in a snit, he shouldn't have joined the administration. And he knew he would leave in a snit, and he joined it anyway. A, because of the addiction to these jobs and the media attention, and B, because of ego. You don't get to be John Bolton knowing I'm going to join this administration I've been kicking in the pants for two years only to have them see everything my way and be tranquil and pacific for the next two years. No, you join that administration knowing you're going to get a book out of it and an early termination. That's how those things work. And then you become a thorn in the side of the rest of we Republicans, conservatives, independents, who are trying our darndest to save this country, who are working really hard to save this country. No, we may not get the plum jobs in the interviews on Meet the Press, but we care a lot more about this country than our own personal CV and resume. You know, someone like John Bolton didn't even need to build his resume anymore. He didn't need it. He didn't need it. After the, you're the UN ambassador and deputy secretary, what more do you need if you're not going to run for president? And you're not. He's not. What more did Bill Crystal need? I think he wants one more thing. He wants a job in the Biden administration. I don't know what it would be. I would say give him one. I would say make it an ambassadorship and make it to somewhere very far away where little more can be heard from the likes of him anymore. Unless you take a different view, a more generous view, which I might take, which is stay here and live for four years under the administration you help brought on as you watch your socialism, our socialism, take over what you thought was a moderate response and a meaningful and better response than the last four years. Maybe you should stay here and just live with what we're all going to have to live with and tell us why you were right and we were wrong while we were being proven right and you are being proven wrong. Maybe that's the better route. One of those two. Ambassadorship to Micronesia or stay here and live with what we have to. Those would be two good options. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. I don't want you run down. I don't want you without energy. I don't want you with compromised immunity. I want you to have a strong and boosted immunity and improved health. That's why I'm so happy not only to take Balance of Nature, but to recommend it as highly as I do. Great product, once a day. I've been taking it for over a year, never sick once. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. Daily dose of Balance of Nature gives you tens of thousands of vital nutrients from all the good stuff, bananas and blueberries, spinach, broccoli, you name it. And they're continuing their great deal of free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Boost your immunity, your health, your energy the natural way with the fruits and veggies of balance of nature. Rick's in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, my friend. How are you? I am doing well, thank you, and I hope you had a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. So nice. Thank you very much. Good. Glad to hear that. Say, the reason I'm calling, Seth, is because your uh, commentary on obligation 
triggered some thoughts for me, some things I've thought about quite a bit, actually, over the last few years. Um, It seems to me that it is a commentary on our culture. Now, I know that, you know, I have bad days sometimes, and anybody can have a bad day, but I'm talking about a general sense of what relationships involve. And I had an experience a little while back that kind of captures the same thing that you experienced. I went to Costco to uh, fill up with gas. I pulled into the line, and there was uh, a man that was at the pump right in front of me, but the pump ahead of that was empty. And so I waited just a few moments, and then I went ahead and pulled around to the pump that was empty. When I got out to put gas in my car, he just went livid, started yelling, you know what, you, you don't have the patience to wait for me to fill my, my car up. Because he knew everything about your life, of course. Oh, well, no, no. No, I, I'm being sarcastic. He knew everything. Yeah. Yeah, acted as if he knew everything. About <laughs> and, and not only that, but... You know, I've seen lots of people do that. I've done that a lot. And it's just a matter of, you know, speeding up the line. Because if there's an open slot, you just go and, and get in it. So, uh, you know, it seems to me that there, once upon a time, and to a large degree it's still true, the golden rule used to be uh, kind of a guiding principle yeah. in our yeah. in our society. But anymore, because of the left and the Democrat leaders and the kinds of things they say, uh, this idea of uh, doing to others as you would have them do to you uh, seems to be slipping in a rather dramatic way. I'm kind of reminded of uh, Michelle Obama's uh, statement, you know, uh, when, when they go low, we go high, and then she proceeds to go low. Yeah. (laughs) You know what part of it is, too, Rick? I'm thinking part of it, too, is the focus on the individual versus the community, the society, the societal obligation, this radical autonomy where the self is more important than the group or the community in which has to be safe, live, thrive and work. And ways small and large. This goes on and on. And I think it is um generational in part and uh-huh. and I think um I think it it crosses a lot of lines. I'll give you a, a um a ridiculous one. I could give you sublime. But I'm thinking of lines, your story about lines and moving the line along. How many times now do you go into a store, usually a large chain or franchise, think drugstore, think, you know, Think of the big named ones. And God bless them. I know everyone's having a hard time. They've all cut down on staff, of course, because yeah. they had to, to stay open. Fine. Yeah. But you now have lines like you didn't used to have, lines that are six and more people deep. And God love the idea of trying to help the one. But the one at the cashier, inevitably, I'm the sixth guy in line, and the one at the cash register has a lot of items, and the person behind the cash register asks the question that makes me want to put a pen in my eye. 
Do you know what that question is? No. Are you a member of our rewards club? Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Inevitably, the answer is no. And uh, then the cashier says, what makes me want to poke my other eye out? Would you like to be? It only takes a moment to fill out. Yeah. There's six of us in, or more in line. So they focus on the individual. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a small but very frequent example uh, this right. is this is what the political philosopher does takes the quote the the work a day examples and extrapolates them to the larger <laughs> problem but you can see it with other things you can right. see it with um you can see it with uh amnesty you can see it with co- forgiveness of college loan debt you can yep. see it with uh legalization of drugs you can see it with all sorts of things minimum wage requirements you can see that the focus on the individual, the individual and the autonomous, you can see it in family law. You can think of our great Supreme Court cases of the last 10 years or not so great ones where the individual above the community. And, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a real yeah. problem because then the golden is. rule almost becomes meaningless. And it yeah. becomes meaningless because there is nothing, there is nothing you don't want done for yourself. Right. And and you know what, Seth? I think this that was whole pretty smart, COVID, Bill. Cut that cut cut that down to size. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Rick. I, 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 <laughs> I surprised that, myself with that one. Go right yeah, ahead. That was good. That was good. This this whole COVID thing, I think, is tying right into that. Of course it is. Because of it is course it is. Us yes. So much. Yes. We are just focused on ourselves. Right. And I, I heard close the uh, schools, close the businesses to save one. You know. Yeah. What, what what did Andrew Cuomo say? If we can save one life, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And the the news report. One of the news reports today was talking about how this uh, being Black Monday that uh, there have been tremendous jump in sales of food and liquor online, things that we used to buy in person, but now are being bought online, so that we have. Less and less and less contact with other people, and thus we don't have to deal with, you know, with the way people are. Let me read you from NBC Today, okay? NBC. Yes. We physicians are observing previously controlled chronic conditions like hypertension, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, and migraines are now flaring. Psychological and behavioral vulnerabilities probed by pandemic fear and uncertainty are surfacing with a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association revealing a 300 percent increase in depressive symptoms and the government substance abuse and mental health services administration suicide prevention hotline a 900 percent increase in calls to it. Child wow. abuse increasing, drug overdose deaths up by 42%. Wow. To save wow. one life. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Well, thanks for another great show, Thanks, Seth. Rick. God bless you. Bless you. We'll be right back. Little Orleans. Do you remember when that was the theme song for network TV? ABC, I think. I think it was ABC television. Robin Surprise may remember it. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Hi, Seth. I don't remember whether Orleans song was. Uh, I, I think it was for ABC. I seem to recall that. I'll find it. I, 
I'll find Under it. what context? I'm, I'm not sure. I, they I, advertised I uh, all their shows to that song. So you saw Benson really? and, and the Cunningham family and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Singing that well, song, still the one. I'm, yeah, I must have been at sea during all that. You were probably <laughs> doing more important things. Well, I'm not sure about that. But um, anyway, I hope you had a great thing. I hope you did, too. Thank you. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. Good. Now... You know, obviously today, and maybe I need you to cheer me up a little bit, obviously um, Katie Hobbs certified uh, Joe Biden uh, as our uh, president in Arizona, and I I have a feeling, and I've been reading a lot of Not just Katie Hobbs, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, that that there's some sort of an Arizona mafia going on here. Um, I've been reading that uh, Jenna Napolitano has been involved with this Arizona Mafia, along with, I even read something about the Mexican PRI party is involved with our uh, Arizona election. Which try not I to take it too seriously. I, I will, uh, I will try not, try not to, to. but um, yeah, I, um, I worry that, you know, our state Republican party has been weak and I worry that, um, you know, they weren't uh, aggressive enough to try to push through uh, Republican candidates and, and obviously, uh, you know, the president. Um, and it goes into w- what my thinking had to do with legitimacy. And this was one of the big things that got pounded into my head during my uh, master's study in international relations. Um, we had about, what, greater than 70 million uh, who voted for Trump who will not, uh, I don't think, uh consider that uh, Biden is the legitimate president. And then I did some math, and I found out that um, 96 million Americans are over 21. And about, or I'm sorry, 196 million Americans are over 21. 209 million are 18 or over. So roughly 200 million, uh, that's about a third of the 70 million, about a third of Americans who voted are not going to consider Joe Biden a legitimate president. And now, I also thought about um, the um, the concept of statesmanship, and, and I think it's because you brought up Winston Churchill. You know, somebody who rises above politics, somebody who rises above uh, parties. And I think... Um, if you think about this, Seth, I'm not sure that we've had any real statesmen in God decades, if any. Um, I think John Kerry thinks he's a statesman, but he's not. Um, I think that you know somebody that can put a country over freedom uh, and freedom and liberty first, and and most importantly, somebody that has wisdom and isn't going to be pushed and pulled by the uh, vagaries of politics and. I don't know. Maybe you can help me out here. And again, I need cheering It's up. harder I, to I find a state. Any... Yeah, it's hard. For, well, yeah. first of all, on, on the election stuff, um, we've lived through four years of 65 million Americans thinking Trump was illegitimate. Right. So I think after we lick our wounds, we roll up our sleeves and get to work on not only saving the Senate – but winning back the House in two years and the Senate 
building on our majority there and then the White House in four. I think that's our main task before us. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, whatever views of legitimacy the majority of Republicans have about president or putative president-elect Joe Biden, I think it dissipates over time because conservative demeanor about things. And we aren't going to probably be marching in the streets calling Joe Biden, Juan Perón, and Adolf Hitler. I I just don't think we're going to, or Joseph Stalin. That's not what we do. We We will obey the law and take the outcome and take the hits. I don't know at this point, I'll just say this, we'll come back off after the break. I don't know at this point that the governor had any other choice. The claims that were all available to us failed in court. They failed in court. And the idea of reconvening a state legislature to overrule the will of the electors can't be done physically without Democrats. So I think we are where we are. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We are not incommunicado here. Rob in surprise. Rob, thanks for your patience. Um, well, yeah. I'm, go right ahead. I'm yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> no, I, I just think that, uh, you know, today when Rudy and the gang uh, – brought forth a whole bunch of stuff involving voter fraud and of course the media other than i think it was the oann um didn't bother covering it the same day that katie hobbs certified the election um the problem the problem i see with that hearing you tell me if i'm wrong i mean i'm 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 glad we're ventilating it but the problem with that hearing is it wasn't in a courtroom well, no, it was in a Those allegations room. made in courtrooms have been dismissed. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. very little that that could have produced. I mean, I don't know what the production uh, was supposed what, what what the production contemplated. Do you? Well, uh, yeah, and and uh, you're probably right. I, I just look at the information that was passed. Yeah, sure. And yeah, and and not so much the venue or the people or anything, but. And again, I, I probably talked a week or two ago that I think everybody, at least on our side, is fairly clear that there was an awful lot of malfeasance going yeah, on. Yeah, sure. And now everybody is just sort of, you know, laying down, letting it happen, letting uh, Biden win. And well, we made I all our best efforts. I honestly do think we did. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we, I don't think we had the, the the goods enough to sway enough courts to that would change enough votes at the end of the day. Um, one of Rudy's main pieces of evidence today was, as was said several times in that hearing, without an affidavit. Right, the the the, the witness who ha- who alleged the greatest scandal did not swear mm-hmm. under pains of penalty and of perjury to what he was trying to communicate to Rudy. So. That's why, you know, I just I, I I don't like raising the expectation that that was going to produce very much because it, it yeah. wasn't. It just never was. And yeah. the idea so, that the legislature is going to step in is 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 a dream or nightmare. It's not going to happen. We're well, not in yeah. session. We're not in well, session. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. 
And you could no. call it, you know, they, they could they could reconvene, but they'd need a supermajority. <clears throat> and Democrats aren't going to do that. And so then even exactly if they did, right. I think you have to think about what it would mean for the Republican Party in Arizona if by some miracle <laughs> the legislature overrode the Democratic Party electors and instead yeah. voted uh, Donald Trump. What that would mean in two years, I don't think the Republicans would ever hold another office in Arizona is what I think that would no, result in. No, and I'm beginning to worry that that may happen anyway. Well, that happens if people like you don't run for office and start small. <laughs> oh, that's Start small. <laughs> start at the school board. I really, honestly, start at the school board level. Hey, boys. Fix a curriculum. Or, or run for mm-hmm. dog catcher. You know how to do that. <laughs> well, animal control is... Are you buying this story that Joe Biden <laughs> broke his foot playing with his dog? Well, you know, and that's what's in the news, and I don't even care. It's you so know, it, much it, it, in the happened. news, all his pets. Yeah. It's really incredible. Instead, it's, instead of the voter fraud and malfeasance, this is what drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we get this in the news, and yet we don't... Uh, get the news that is showing all of this voter fraud out, and it's going to happen. I mean, you know... Well, this lays squarely with the president right now, i got to tell you. And it did earlier. I mean, this is the ugly thing we have to confront a little bit. Um, You know, we knew, as he knew, that this was coming. The the mail vote was coming. In fact, in May, I mean, I've been talking about William Barr in September, but as far back as May... Donald Trump was threatening to withhold aid to states if they mm-hmm. engaged in mail-in voting. Remember that? Well, yeah. why didn't he follow oh, yeah. through? Well, I don't know. And that's, that's where I think the Republicans fell uh, in, in terms of being a reactionary versus proactive. And, and again, this is where I'm having a real big problem with the Arizona Republican Party because I don't think they were aggressive enough. I mean... You know, I was very pro Martha McSally, and I don't think she was a weak candidate at all. I think she was a very strong candidate, but the media and the Republican Party didn't support her enough. And, of course, I understand that there was a whole bunch of -of out-of-state money coming in from Mark Kelly, but he's not uh, pro-Arizona. He's not going to represent Arizona. He's going to be... Uh, Did you not think the party... I I thought the party represented her or, or presented her strongly. You didn't think so? Not so much. No, I I don't think they did because okay. they uh, everything I read said well she was a weak candidate and yada 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 and I think no I thought she was a very strong candidate but she never got the backing of the state Republican Party. I I sure and thought I, she did, Rob. I I I I I got millions is an over uh, overstatement, but I got so many fundraisers from all fundraising letters from all the Republican Party fundraisers. I, I thought they were crawling over gl- broken glass for her. I thought they were, but well, you may know I, differently. I, I hope they were, but again, the end result was that she lost, and I guess she lost kind of big because yeah. of the out-of-state money that came in from R. Kelly, and we know where that money came from. And so, you know, I, I just worry that Arizona is going to be turning bluer, and it shouldn't, 
but I just don't know what to do, and that's why I need you to cheer me up. Okay, yeah, now. run for office. <laughs> I don't know if she was a good candidate or not. I don't know. I do know everyone bent over backwards that in 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 in, in thought things that I was following and seeing to help her out. The governor was helping her out. Kelly Ward, who was her primary mm-hmm. opponent two years ago, did everything yeah. she, and appeared with her and, and you know patched all that up. And all the typical uh, the typical uh, establishment types, uh, as well as yeah. grassroots. I thought they did get behind her. Sometimes, though, sometimes we um, have to recognize that not everyone shares our point of view. She was not underfunded. He doubled his funding over hers, no question. But if you can't yeah. win a Senate race on twenty five million. <laughs> I well, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's that's not underfunded. <laughs> that's not underfunded. People like you, Rob, you've got to run. Start small, build up. It took Reagan sixteen years from Barry Goldwater's run to become president of the United States. Thank God. Run for school board. I'm begging you, everyone in this audience. We could have two hundred thousand new school board members next year. Think what that would be for our curriculum. This hour was brought to you by James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He is the real estate agent that guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay you the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer on your home within 24 hours. If you're looking to buy, James is your agent as well. The Phoenix Business Journal ranks James the number one selling individual agent in Arizona. Give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler.com. I know Bill said you can't have 200,000 new school board. I know there aren't that many. There's something, I don't know what, 1,500, 2,000. But if everyone in this audience ran, we could sweep it. We could take them all. As we celebrate the um, birthday of Winston Churchill, I'll close with the words Leo Strauss said to his class the moment he heard of Winston Churchill's death. The tyrant stood at the pinnacle of his power. The contrast between the indomitable and magnanimous statesman and the insane tyrant. This spectacle in its clear simplicity was one of the greatest lessons which men can learn at any time. No less enlightening is the lesson conveyed by Churchill's failure, which is too great to be called tragedy. The fact that Churchill's heroic action on behalf of human freedom against Hitler only contributed through no fault of Churchill's to increase the threat to freedom which was posed by Stalin and his successors. Churchill did the utmost that a man could do to counter that threat publicly and most visibly in Greece and in Fulton, Missouri. Not a whit less important than his deeds and speeches or his writings. The death of Churchill reminds us of the limitations of our craft and therewith of our duty. We have no higher duty and no more pressing duty than to remind ourselves and our students of political greatness, human greatness, of the peaks of human excellence. For we are supposed to train ourselves and others in seeing things as they are. And this means above all in seeing their greatness and their misery, their excellence and their vileness their nobility, and their triumphs, and therefore never to mistake mediocrity, however brilliant, for true greatness. That's our task here, too. Not only to never mistake mediocrity 
for true greatness, but to training ourselves and others and seeing things as they truly are. Once we do that and figure out how to explain it to more people and more people and more people, like the old shampoo commercial, and she tells someone and she tells someone and she tells we will not be a minority party or questing to be an equivalent party in this country. We will be the dominant party in this country. And I'll tell you why I think that more tomorrow. So until then, God bless and class dismissed.